1170. The answer. The Andrea K Show is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Dynamite! Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K Show. I am in especially good mood tonight. I'm always in a great mood anytime I get to share this hour with you all out there. Love you all so much. Those of you watching on uh, Facebook Live and listening to me, if you're out there on the roads in San Diego stuck in the traffic, thank you for tuning in. And i got to give a special thank you to one of my besties out there. We met on Facebook, and his name is Jim Brown, and he sent me this amazing coffee mug. I don't know if y'all can see that really well on the Facebook Live, but it's, it's a little stick of dynamite. Dynamite, because that's what I do, baby. I bust through the hype, the hypocrisy, and the hyperbole to bring y'all the truth and bring y'all the facts. And joining me, I couldn't bring it without my buddy DJ Carrot Sticks. Mmm, donuts. <laughs> the one that you took a picture of earlier just looks so tasty. <laughs> that is so weird. <laughs> All right, I got to get hang it out with that guy. I, I do. I do <laughs> hang out with that guy. <laughs> and that, now you know why, because he makes me giggle. And and I also love hanging out with this guy. That voice you hear is none other than the OG, the Silky Al Arias. Um, we can't play. We can't play his old song. Uh, what what was the one that the Dr. Dre song? The uh, uh, ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low down G's and we're crazy. That's me and you, Al. Al's going to be here to talk about these tariff deals. Tonight's whole show is about addictions. You know what? I got to thinking about this morning. I was thinking about this budget. And I was thinking, when we have a budget bill that not only increases the debt, but it has four times as much money in it to pay for people's drug addictions than it does to secure our border, we're off the rails, people. And then I got to thinking about the the whole addiction what we have is we have a government that is addicted to big spending that's addicted to big government that's addicted to control that's addicted to bad trade deals and selling us out to the rest of the world economically this should not be happening this is absolutely not what the american people voted for coming up a little bit of the show a little bit later we're going to have former congressman jd hayworth is going to weigh in on uh, this whole situation in terms of the budget and, and whether or not what's going to happen. Is the Senate going to pass this thing or not? Poor Rand Paul. I think he's the only one that's bothered to read the 2,500 pages. My girl Liz Wheeler from uh, Tipping Point at One America. Y'all know, by the way, plug. I'm on that show every Monday. Anyway, she tweeted out today. She said that we should not have a budget with more pages than the Bible in it. And you know what? She's right. But But, there, but the thing about that struck me and some people are like, why are, you, why are you like obsessing over the opioid thing and the amount of money in the opioid thing? Because it's so symbolic and representative of everything that's wrong with where we're at in this country and where we're at with the Republican Party. Because why am I the, – the budget bill and in particular with the opioids, we are supposed to be – and the reason why the budget and the opioid thing does not represent the Republican Party is because we are supposed to be a party that's based upon – what our founders believe for our country. It's supposed to be based on limited government, individualism, individual freedom, and individual responsibility. It's not based on the collective. It's not based on the community, a commune, sharing everybody else's issues and sharing in the cost of everybody else's choices. 
Why am I having to pay for that? I am no more responsible to pay for somebody's drug addiction treatment, which, oh, by the way, takes multiple times, typically, and uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I am no more responsible to pay for that than I am to pay for somebody's uh, college education for their kid or to pay to rebuild their house if they didn't have enough insurance to cover if it gets burned down in a fire. Why are we there? If they need $4 billion to you know, um, increase law enforcement in order to take the drug dealers off the street, fine, I'm, I'm okay with that. It doesn't take $4 billion to come up with a criminal code in order to increase punishment in the court system and in the jails. It doesn't take $4 billion. A lot of it has to do with rehab, and I have a problem with that. And on top of it, not only does this continue to feed the entitlement, community, collective notion this is, this is Marxism right here. This is like Hillary Clinton saying it takes a village. But not only that, but Doc Porbin, who former recovering liberal friend of mine, who is now a hardcore conservative and also a doctor, he pointed out to me today that it's also symbolic of an issue that we've got with both parties and that they're always taxing us and growing government to, quote, solve a problem that they created themselves in the first place. What started this opioid epidemic? A few things of government policy that started this opioid epidemic. Right now, like I said, there's four-something billion dollars in there supposedly to fight the opioid epidemic and only one billion dollars for the wall. Well, you know what? It's that no wall on the southern border that's allowed the flood of drugs and the drug cartels to import drugs into our country. There was also a great article uh, that Doc Porbin shared with me as well that talks about how Obamacare specifically increased the opioid epidemic crisis that's in our country how did they do it well first of all when you've got here's just a a, a few numbers here when they expanded medicaid into states the medicaid expansion one of the things that it did was it allowed access to cheap narcotics for one dollar one dollar they could get 240 oxys which is four thousand dollars in the open street so either they're getting them and getting addicted or they're getting them and then selling them on the street and lining their pockets with it, and feeding addiction that way. In terms of the Medicaid expansion, 80% of uh, Medicaid opioid cases were in expansion states. There's two times as many overdoses in Medicaid expansion states than non-Medicaid expansion states. Clearly, this uh, the Obamacare and the Medicaid expansion has contributed greatly to the to this crisis. Then you've got the fact that there was something like 69 pardons and 240 commutations or something. Like 300 drug dealers were put back on the streets by Obama. Then you add in the fact that President Obama, in order to get the Iran deal done, gave Hezbollah and their drug ring a complete pass. So we have a government in a variety of different ways that has flat out contributed to the opioid crisis, and they're going to pick the pockets of taxpayers to supposedly solve it with rehab programs? Look, I am not without sympathy to anybody with this problem. I'm grateful that I don't have to fight an addiction. But one of the reasons why I don't is because I made a choice early on when I think I was like in kindergarten that I was never going to do drugs. Because my parents, rightfully so, showed me a video of a heroin addict who ended up dying of a drug overdose. I was like, okay, I get it. Okay, done. Never going to do it. And But if you're going to do drugs of any kind, including taking an oxy, it's on you if you get addicted. And that's your problem to solve, not the taxpayers. 
when we look at the look at the crisis that's happening to us with the debt. We're going to talk about these tariffs a little bit later with J.D. Hayworth as well as with with Al Arias, uh, because one of the great points that somebody mentioned earlier today, I think it was Dagan McDowell. She was like, look, if we want to be strong around around the world and strengthen our foreign policy. And in fact, I've got Ann Pierce coming up right after the break to talk about. Uh, the latest moves in our foreign policy team, we've got to get this debt under control. And shame on the Republican Party and the GOP for pretending that they're, that they're doing this for the military. You're not helping our military by, by refusing. I saw Rand Paul earlier, and he said it, when it comes to – and they're, they're trying to sell it. By lying to us and telling us that it's that it benefits our military, using the military as a shield to push it, trying to tell us that it does fund the wall, uh, border security. Rand Paul says the only thing, is, and I haven't read it. He says the only thing in this twenty five hundred pages that has anything to do with border security is in Tunisia. It's not even here in this country. We're being scammed, flat out scammed, and we got to figure it out, and they got to figure it out because the midterm elections are coming up. And there's a whole lot of people are going to be like, why? Why am I going to bother to vote Republican? What's the point if this is what we're going to get? How many times are we going to be scammed? What are we going to do here? Breaking news before I came into the studio, though, which is we're going to talk about in the next segment with uh, Dr. Ann Pierce, is McMaster has finally been told to hit the McRoad. (laughs) Seems like it was handled a little bit better than Tillerson. At least, but he's out. And you know what? I'm glad for it because when it comes to foreign policy, he was a little too much like Obama. In fact, uh, he was a lot like Obama because he never wanted President Obama to pull out of the Iran deal. And he didn't like, uh, I mean, President Trump to pull out of the Iran deal. And he also did not like ever like the term radical Islam or Islamic terror. It's like he didn't understand like Obama that you can't take Islam out of Islamic terror. So coming up next, stay tuned because we've got Dr. Ann Pierce. She's going to be here and answer. What does this mean? What does this change mean? we got Tillerson out. we got Pompeo now taking his spot. We've got McMaster uh, gone and John Bolton in. we got to see what it means for foreign policy. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley of the Hatley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. Every great team has a great coach. Every great coach has a great strategy. Let Al Arias and the A.V. Arias Company create the winning tax strategy for your small business. Instead of waiting until the fourth quarter to create your tax strategy playbook, don't let the IRS blow the whistle on your financial growth and profitability. Contact Al Arias and the A.V. Arias Company to set up your tax strategy huddle by calling 619-296-2123 or visit avariasco.com. That's A-V-A-R-I-A-S-Co.com. There's a new home loan program for self-employed borrowers. You need to hear this. Hi, I'm Jackie Barricant, self-employed mortgage specialist at Right Choice Mortgage. Being self-employed myself, I know how difficult it is to get a home loan. So we came up with a solution. Instead of using your tax returns or W-2s to get approved, we'll use your personal or business bank statements and use your deposits as income. No P&Ls required. 
This self-employed mortgage program will help you get a bigger loan at a better rate. Call now. 844-433-4334. This is not hard money. Rates are in the threes and fours. 844-433-4334. So if you're self-employed and you want to buy a house, get cash out, or just lower your monthly payments, call me, Jackie Barakan, 844-433-4334. 844-433-4334. Or go online at mylenderjackie.com. Right Choice Mortgage is licensed by the BRE 01943736. Also licensed by the MLS 1132583 and is an equal opportunity lender. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-965-5269. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now, 1-800-965-5269. That's 1-800-965-5269. 1-800-965-5269. Don't overpay for your VA loan. Here's veteran Sonia Hadley on protecting your hard-earned VA loan benefits. Carl from La Mesa needed cash to pay off his second mortgage to do some repairs around the house. He went to the community bank to use his VA loan. I was able to cut his costs in half and get a lower rate that will save him thousands over the life of his loan. Jim and Vernie are first-time homebuyers with young boys. They needed a little more personal attention than they were getting from the credit union. I got them same-day pre-approval so they could start shopping that weekend, confident that they could compete with cash offers. If you don't call Sonia, you're probably paying too much for your VA loan. Don't wait until you're too deep in the process with another lender. Get a second opinion now. Sonia even comes to you. Call me at 833-MY-VA-LOAN before rates go up. 833-MY-VA-LOAN. That's 833-MY-VA-LOAN. AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, especially the comments on Facebook uh, Live. I'm loving some of these comments, and a couple of these are perfect for my next guest coming up. Uh, there are some people out there who say, yes, they think definitely the McMaster was the McLeaker, most particularly recently over this, the supposed notes that at the top said to Trump, do not congratulate Putin, among other possible leaks. Uh, Eric says that McMaster approved of the Iran deal. That means he was on the wrong side, period. Um, so, um, that leads me to my next guest. I already had her plan to come on the show and it couldn't have been more perfect timing because right before the, we, I came into the studio tonight, the big news broke that McMaster was on his way out and John Bolton is on his way in and joining me now to discuss this in the upcoming NOCO meetings is none other than Dr. Ann Pierce, who wrote the book, a perilous path, the misguided foreign policy of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John Kerry. Hi, Dr. Pierce. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, um, so McMaster. 
I mean, it's been rumored for a while that he was on his way out. Um, I'm particularly glad to hear hear that because I've always felt that he was too squishy when it came to fighting radical Islam and on the Iran deal. But what are your thoughts on it? Um, overall, I've admired McMaster. Um, I see him as someone in the Reagan tradition who really believed in peace through strength and believed in an all-of-the-above foreign policy where we can really emphasize national security and global stability, but also human rights and political freedom. I liked some of the speeches he gave actually on Iran and Russia and North Korea. He was very strong in those speeches and called out all of the above, called out Russia, for example, for their malign role in Syria and calls out Iran. And um, yes, uh, compared to Bolton, he was softer on the Iran deal. I think he was um, an architect partly of this idea that the Iran deal, if we can, we should um, push the EU to improve upon the deal, that we should remake the deal but not get out of it altogether, whereas Bolton is more on record saying um, perhaps we should just tear it up and start all over again. And um, the various other differences between them, um, probably actually, though, I, I would say more similarities than differences. Well, I think it's really interesting. What I'm seeing, of course, uh, many people in the, in the media, the anti-Trump people would tell you that this is an com- example of more chaos in the, in the White House. I say to me it's, it's strategic realignment of people on his team that share his agenda even if it's only, you know, marginally or a little bit. And that's what I see coming together in their farm, farm policy team uh, in anticipation and in preparation of the meetings with North Korea coming up, as well as uh, working with the relationship and what we're going to do about Putin. How do you see this new team as it fits into that? Because we've got Tillerson that's now been replaced with Mike Pompeo, who I've seen speak and is really, really tough when it comes to uh, wanting to fight the war on terror and radical Islam, you've got um, Hasnell now is going to be replacing Pompeo and then Bolton taking the McMaster spot. How do you see that team and what effect do you think that's going to have on foreign policy? Yeah, well, I think it's uh, interesting, first of all, to think of um, Bolton being more um, interventionist than McMaster, but also more interventionist than the Trump who ran for president and was so often critical of the Iraq war and um, was really encouraging us to um, uh, focus more on our own economy. And uh, that, But if you look at the Trump administration's policies as a whole, they're out there in the world. They're uh, they they inherited a terrible mess around the world. The world was pretty much exploding all over, and they've kicked into high gear. And I've been pretty complimentary of the foreign policy team's um, actions as a whole, including toward uh, North Korea. But it is interesting to think of Bolton, who has actually suggested preemptive strikes on North Korea and on Iran in a couple uh, different editorials, now being on the team, and and the the particular way in which having um, somebody like that on the team um, affecting foreign policy in the near term, I think, is with these upcoming potential talks uh, with North Korea between Trump and Kim Jong-un, because it's clear to me that Trump wants to send the strongest possible message to North Korea and to Kim, and to make him really afraid that if 
something doesn't come out of these talks, if Trump sticks his neck out and actually goes through, which he said he will, and if Kim actually shows up, that there better be something good that comes out of it for us. And by um, Bolton being in that position, someone who has actually advocated a preemptive strait that adds to the um, threat, which um, North Korea is already feeling, and of course the they definitely were feeling the heat from the maximum pressure campaign, which has been all about um, uh, major economic sanctions against North Korea, stepping up our military exercises and military deterrence in the region, um, um, instating missile defenses over there, Mm -hmm. and in general trying to put a lot of pressure on North Korea. To my mind, that um, has succeeded. That did... in my opinion, bring North Korea to the point that um, it it said it wanted to negotiate. Now, of course, the question is, is North Korea responding to the maximum pressure campaign or is North Korea simply trying to buy time and Mm -hmm. rest concessions by saying it's willing to negotiate? And I believe the answer is definitely both. They are feeling the pressure. Their economy is in dire shape, but they do also want an opportunity to wrest concessions from us. Well, it's interesting that your perspective is that he's sending it, Trump is sending a tough message with this because his detractors would say, oh my gosh, he's playing into the hands of this dictator. He's giving this, this propaganda opportunity to Kim Jong Un. Nobody, nobody ever sits down and has a sit down with him. And I'm thinking, well, wait a second, you know, didn't, didn't I see a picture of Bill Clinton there when he went over to rescue, um, Lisa Ling's sister? You know, it's a former president of the United States on, on a dopey mission to rescue an American who did something stupid by going across the line. So that was clearly a propaganda moment uh, for North Korea. I say it's time for somebody. What we've done in conventional diplomacy hasn't worked. And I think if I was Kim Jong-un, he's got to be looking at Trump and saying, you know, this this guy is different and I got to take him seriously and I got to take the threats of President Trump seriously. Correct? I think he does take the Trump, the, the uh, threat from the Trump team more seriously than he has previous administrations. If you look at our policy overall um, in past years, and especially during the Obama administration, it was to offer concessions, to plead and cajole with, uh, with uh, North Korea to get back to the negotiating table. And if you look at the Obama-Clinton-Kerry team, no matter how many times North Korea backed out of negotiations, refused to participate in negotiations, or violated previously negotiated terms, their response was to always offer yet more concessions, uh, yet more carrots, if only they would come back to the negotiating table. And and that really never happened in any genuine way. And another thing the Obama-Clinton and Kerry did was they never fully enforced the minimalist sanctions that they supposedly endorsed. You know, they did Mm -hmm. have sanctions in place, but they didn't fully enforce them. So along comes the Trump team, and they get the strongest Security Council sanctions to date. Um, they, They say, forget this procrastinating about missile defenses. We're instating them immediately. Um, and they've been working bilaterally, too, to pressure various countries that allow front companies for North Korea um, or that hire uh, North Korean workers. And just in a whole variety of ways, they've really ratcheted up the pressure. And I do think that has had its effect. I, I also do think we have to um, be really leery of um, 
the idea that North Korea really will negotiate in good faith. Right. It never has in the past, and it sees its nuclear weapons as a key part of right. its very identity. I got um, Yeah, excuse me ahead. for interrupting. I've only got a few couple more minutes with you, and I want to I want to see if we can squeeze in a little talk about Putin as well as China because these tariffs today that were announced, and I know you're not an economist, but these tariffs that were announced today were supposedly in part because of uh, intellectual theft from us, which is which is a cyber attack. So I saw this today not as equally about foreign policy as much as I did about economic policy. Do you have any, any thoughts on that? You're talking about the China. tariffs on China. Yeah. Yeah, yeah China um, is a huge problem. They are the chief enabler of North Korea, um, and they have been working very hard to replace us as um, the main um, power and guarantor of stability in Asia. They are very aggressive right now. You could almost call them imperialistic in their foreign policy and really cracking down domestically. So in the case of China, I do think the tariffs are not just about the economy but also about trying to put yet more pressure on China to get them to come our way. I mean, having said that, the intellectual property theft is a huge, genuine issue. They've been getting away with that for years. Whether the tariffs are the right approach, that's another question for um, economists. Right. Final question for you in about a minute that we have left. Oh, hysteria that President Trump congratulated Putin. You're a foreign policy expert. Do you think that that was such a misstep that it's going to have any impact whatsoever on our relationship with Putin and our ability to rein him in? Um, I am not um, in favor of him doing that. Russia is emboldened all over the world. In North Korea, Russia is actually still trading in technology that helps North Korea with its program. And Syria is helping the brutal Assad assault civilians and non-ISIS rebels. We know what it's doing in Ukraine. Um, uh, It acts the ally of Iran. It is making um, threats to us. Uh, Putin just recently made a very, very bellicose um, speech in which he threatened us and Uh, kept bragging about nuclear weapons that were capable of penetrating our missile defenses, et cetera. And then on top of that, this poisoning in England was a poisoning with a weapons-grade chemical Mm. weapon. This is is something where it's not just the person poisoned, but the uh, people in the surrounding area are um, hurt by that poison. So uh, I thought that um, not taking the advice of his advisors and making that call but then the, the thing that really turned me against it was what he then followed up with a tweet saying, Russia can help us solve problems. And he named the very countries where Russia is endlessly creating problems, severe problems, North Korea, Iran. Russia is no help in any of these areas, and it never will be. Gotcha. So I'm um, – uh, but, but actually, interestingly, I think Bolton – thinks the same of Russia. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. He did hire Bolton. And um, uh, what Trump says individually seems to be very different often than what he does policy-wise vis-a-vis Russia. Well, it's it's all very interesting and it's very complicated and, ve- it and, is, and it's yeah. quite the mess that President Trump inherited. And these mm-hmm. are really difficult times. And what I do what I do know is that what's been done in the past hasn't worked. 
So, you know, it didn't work when President Bush invited him to the ranch and looked deep into Putin's eyes and his soul and the reset button didn't work literally and figuratively there. Ann Pierce, thank you so much for being here, Dr. Ann Pierce. And uh, the book is, I lost my notes. Tell everybody about your book. It's A Perilous perilous Path, The Misguided Foreign Policy of Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and John Kerry. And you are so right. That team um, enabled Russia in every which way. So yeah. it's um, it's one thing to question this administration's, but when it's the previous administration pretending they had um, these uh, good policies yeah. to thwart Russia, that's just false. Exactly. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Pierce. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot. Right. Now, is now, this is this bloated budget bill going to bust through the Senate tomorrow? Or are they going to not pass it? Join me. Joining me next is uh, former Congressman J.D. Hayworth. He's going to he's going to bring his much needed expertise to the show to answer what the stink is going on with his budget bill and what's going to happen tomorrow in the Senate. Stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. Want more Andrea K.? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. If you don't have an estate plan, then the state, not you, will determine what happens to everything you've worked so hard to provide for your family. Hi, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hatley. I know this not only because of my professional experience, but also having survived a seven-year probate after my father passed away. With the average home in California valued at $1.5 million, that equates to $66,000 in probate fees. The value in having an estate plan is avoiding conservatorship if you become mentally incapacitated and probate when you pass on. Call me for a free consultation at 858-792-3444. That's 858-792-3444. Your family will be dealing with enough. So give me a call at 858-792-3444. Larry Elder here, inviting you to come join me and my buddies Hugh Hewitt and Mike Gallagher on our seven-day Hawaiian cruise. Beautiful staterooms, amazing food, evening get-togethers with us. We're even giving every stateroom two pillows from Mike Lindell, who'll also be joining us. It's August the 11th through the 18th. For details, just log on to am1170theanswer.com and use the keyword aloha. That's am1170theanswer.com, keyword aloha. You could send the child in your life to a public school, but why when you could send them to one of San Diego's finest private schools for half price with AM 1170 The Answer's Half Price Tuition Program. That's the 2018-2019 school year for half price. Log on to am1170theanswer.com or tap the AM 1170 The Answer app for the complete list of schools. Then call 844-800-5757 now to enroll your child. These outstanding schools are going fast, so call today, 844-800-5757, 844-800-5757. Andrea Kay here. We've all heard about the new tax reform laws and the confusions they've created. If you're planning on buying or refinancing, it's a must to create your financial roadmap. And if you need a guide, let me introduce you to my go-to, Dave Stapleton of First Choice Loan Services. You've heard of a certified financial planner, right? Well, look across the table and you will see Dave Stapleton, a certified mortgage loan specialist, a certification that less than 5% of loan officers are able to complete. Regardless of how much you have or have not saved to put down, or if you've been through a foreclosure, bankruptcy, or just suffering from poor credit, Dave has the experience and the knowledge to navigate you through the confusion. Dave has been leading families into home ownership for over two decades. So start your journey today and call Dave Stapleton, 
760-815-8987 or visit the Dave Stapleton Difference.com. That's the Dave Stapleton Difference.com. NMLS number 248823. Turning 65 is a great milestone and an incredible challenge when it comes to health coverage. The maze of Medicare can be overwhelming. Do you need part A, B, supplemental, drug coverage? What about dental, vision, and all the benefits you've enjoyed? Relax. Help is as close as Bridalwood Insurance. Medicare coverage professionals who can help you make the best decisions. Bridalwood listens to your needs and explains all the options available. Visit them online at bridalwoodinsurance.com. That's bridalwoodinsurance.com and set up an appointment for a Medicare specialist to come to your home or office. You've seen the ads, read the brochures, and still have questions. Bridalwood Insurance has answers. Best of all, their guidance is free to you. The company you choose takes care of the fees. Medicare Madness has met its match. Voted Best Insurance Company by the readers of the San Diego Union-Tribune. Bridalwood Insurance, the total health care connection for the best of your life. Visit BridalwoodInsurance.com today. That's BridalwoodInsurance.com. AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. Got my man L. Arias in the studio here. He and I are going to be chatting a little bit later, but I started the show by talking about, was that a little bit of my OG song? Just a little bit of a flash there for you, Al. <laughs> I got another OG on the line with me now, an original gangsta out of Arizona. Former Congressman J.D. Hayworth is here, and this whole show tonight seems about, I, I seemed like every story tonight was about addictions. You know, whether we're talking about the opioid addiction or this budget bill where it seems like we got Congress people on both sides of the aisle addicted to big spending, big government open borders, bad trade deals. What the what is happening? Welcome back to the show, former Congressman J.D. Hayworth. Andrea, good to be back with you. And I can tell you, despite the fact that William Devon sang that hit song, Be Thankful for What You Got, back in 1973, as an employee of the U.S. Treasury, there ain't no Don in the back sunroof top digging the scene with a gangsta lean when it comes to this bill. It is B-A-D bad. You are absolutely right. Washington is addicted to spending. And uh, what so often happens with an omnibus bill, which we used to always nickname an ominous bill, this time that is not hyperbole. If you've seen Paul Ryan over the past couple of days grinning ear to ear, Mm -hmm. here is what I think is about to happen. I think Speaker Ryan is about to exit, but he's left uh, President Trump with a real stinkeroo. Paul will go into private industry where he is well cared for, and given the fact that he believes the American people were misguided by not turning to him during his anti-Trump screed, you may recall in the spring of 2016, Mm -hmm. he believes he is going to leave... um, He's going to leave President Trump with an untenable situation. The, the uh, Republican turnout will be depressed uh, in the midterms. The Democrats will take over, and it will be B.A.D. Yeah. Uh, for Donald Trump. Yeah, I think you're absolutely – dang, I hate that you're right on the money there, but I think you really are. I think that this is a setup. I think that um, when – President Trump faced two opposition parties when he went to Washington, D.C. That swamp is deeper and wider and full of more gators and garfish and all kinds of nutria swamp rat. Well, you know, it, you went then, to LSU, so you know about the swamp. But I you, do. You know, real critters who had to exist. What makes this horrible 
is it is a man-made creation that in its own uh, metaphorical sense is ten ten times worse than the biggest, baddest gator on the bayou. I mean, this is horrible stuff. And uh, you can see it, and it is being engineered. And I'm sad to say, because personally I like Mike Pence a lot, but maybe you recall back when I had my Get Tough Bill, the Enforcement First Act of 2006, it was Pence doing, now look, we got to come together. we got to take care of these people who have come to this country, and we need to have a touchback provision. And if you notice what's happened to the once bold promises of candidate Trump, Now, as President Trump, sad to say, he's kind of morphed into the Mike Pence, oh, tag up and come back uh, rhetoric that ain't true. It's amnesty, and it's more of a problem. See, it's real simple for the president. If he would stick with what he said during the campaign, his base would rally to him. Yes, there would be a tough campaign, but but he would uh, prevail, I think, in the midterms and certainly prevail in uh, in the next presidential election as it stands now this omnibus bill will be to um, to america first or donald trump what the read my lips no tax budget compromise involving a tax increase was the globalist george hw bush exactly and they think jd that they're going to give the same old song that they did before after 2014 and 2012 oh well we just okay well in 2010 it was well we just need the house you got to give us the house and then we'll get then we'll fight you know obama then it was well we got to have the senate then it was well, we got to have the white house now it's well you know we just don't have a filibuster proof we you've just got to give us more and more seats and you know what the american people they are not going to buy it they're just not going to because they have been exposed for the swamp rats that they are. They're nothing but addicted to big government, big spending. They just want to be the ones in charge of it, not just the Democrats. In fact, I think the Republican Party prefers being in the minority so that they can continue to try to lie to people on the campaign trail and say that they're conservative when they're really not. And it's not going to work this time in the midterms. And I think they know it. I will will tell you from personal experience, I actually had, and I'm not going to disclose the name of this member because otherwise... Uh, he is an outstanding patriot. But we were talking one day about the very real prospect of ending up in the minority. He said, you know what? You'll probably love life in the minority because you can go after guys like scalded dogs and you have no responsibility. Well, no, no. You want the responsibility of governing. And look, I understand governing is tough business. And I don't quibble with, with, with the needed increases in military. And I know a lot of folks listening to us in San Diego, a military town, understand that Obama starved the military. But this notion that Chuck Schumer gets his New York tunnel Ugh. and the border wall does not get funded, that Planned Parenthood continues to get hundreds of millions of dollars while we fail again to take care of the number one priority. And people say, oh, you're a single-issue guy. No, I'm not. But everything is related to border security. It's national security. It's economic security. It's health care and education costs that are running amok because we are allowing non-citizens to come in and get social benefits that taxpayers foot the bill for. It's yeah, and that's, that's what we're seeing, and we're seeing it again in this bill, and it is sad, and it is sorry, and it will be hazardous to the health not only of the current GOP majority that sadly, under the reign of Paul Ryan, spells conservative with a K, as in Koch brothers and K Street. 
yeah. but also for the Trump presidency. You're absolutely right that all roads lead to the border, and not just the physical border on the south, but also the virtual border in terms of the refugee program and the importation of terror, as well as bringing unskilled labor, the visa lottery program, as well as our economic border, in which nothing was done to stop after China broke in and stole, what, 40,000 know, of government workers over 40 years? You know, nothing's been done there. But you're, you're, it, the, the left knows that the way that it's all through, how do I say, that's why they want the borders open. That's why both parties actually are addicted to open borders, because it's a way to give them all more power. That it, It's just at least the Democrats are well, more no, honest it, about it. It's it, it to give economic power. It boils down to this, Andrea. The so-called conservatives like it. The, the, in, the industry leaders like an open border for cheap labor. The left likes an open border for cheap votes. And the only thing being cheapened is what it means to be an American citizen. And uh, also it cheapens the, uh, the protective notion, the protection that a government is supposed to provide its citizens, which is the first and most basic duty of government. Well, I think that the GOP with this is is hoping to put the Republican Party back in the minority. And then what they think is going to happen is that President Trump is going to be impeached. And I think they want that to happen. Do you? Well, I, I don't know if that's going to play out like that. I do believe that, that uh, he will be so beleaguered and so badgered uh, that as much as I hate to say it, heading down this road may put him in, in the realm of a one-term president like George H.W. Bush, though for very different reasons. This, this, this omnibus bill is going to depress the turnout. Now, yes. maybe things can change dramatically, and maybe a couple of guts-up senators are going to go in and actually use the filibuster against this bill. We can always pray for that, but I don't know if it's going to happen, because I'll just recall back, in, uh, back when Obama wanted that health care bill, and it was coming up on Christmas time. The Republicans of the minority took a, de- a, a defeatist position. Well, it is Christmas, and they mm-hmm. already have the votes. And instead of going to the floor and fighting through Christmas against socialized medicine, they packed up their stuff and went home. So mm-hmm. goes life in the swamp. Yep, life in the swamp. Well, thank you, J.D., for being here. I appreciate it. Um, I'd hope that you were going to talk me off the ledge. Give me some good news inside of this, but you, you served up some, some truth. Well, they got, I got to serve up the truth, so pack up your parachute because you may have to jump off that ledge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, oh, you ended on a bang and you opened with some good OG rap. <laughs> Digging the scene with a gangster lean. Thank you so Digging much. Digging the scene with a gangster lean. Andrea, thanks for the time. All right. Thanks for being our former Congressman J.D. Hayworth. Now stay tuned because when we come back, we got another OG in the house, Al Arias. We're going to talk about a couple of hot topics. Hey, did you know that if you've got a medical marijuana card, that may be a way that they can stop you from being able to buy a gun? It all sounded so great, didn't it? You were going to be able to smoke pot whenever you wanted? Huh. That and more. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Many of us know how high school today is not the same as the high school in the 60s and 70s. Pressure to achieve, the competitiveness, the anxiety to fit in, and the loneliness has made being a teenager a pretty tough job today. In Bob Walter's book, Facing Reality in American Education, he looks at ways to help young people understand how amazing they really are. For students to discover their gifts and talents, to excel and be all they can be. I'm sure you agree. Buy your copy or register for our next conference at bobwalters.net. 
Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Hi, folks. It's Jim Peterson with Peterson Dean, and I'm talking about home backup battery systems today. Solar panels that we install on your roof can actually charge a battery that we install in your garage, and that battery will power your home based on dedicated circuit. Instead of sending that power back to the grid from your solar power system, as we've done for many, many years, you can actually send the surplus back to your battery that you can buy here at Peterson Dean. They're affordable. You can get them for around 59 bucks a month. And look, you'll have no more blackouts, and you'll be able to have power when other people don't. And you'll also be able to beat time of use. The utility companies are charging you now more from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., and that's when you want to use a battery. We have them for 59 bucks a month. Give us a call to learn more about these exciting new batteries and this technology. 888-366-5498. 888-366-5498. or at petersondean.com. CSLB 868-363-468-117-930-640. This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. California is stepping closer to a civil war with the federal government over immigration. In the latest round, one day after President Trump visited the state to see prototypes of his border wall, the state Senate appointed an illegal immigrant to serve on a state commission, a big step in California's progressive history. Lisbeth Mateo, an undocumented immigrant from Mexico, was appointed to the state's Student Opportunity and Access Program Project Advisory Committee. Perhaps as a lawyer who advocates for immigration rights, she would have a perspective to share as a witness before a state commission. But as a member, there's no legal basis for that, and it is a further effort by California to tweak the Trump administration. Unfortunately, the rule of law is rarely raised anymore in debates about immigration. Tweaking Trump is just a bad approach to public policy. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Impacting policy decisions today. Preparing public leaders for tomorrow. Now's the time to call and enroll your student at a quality private school for half price. Call now, 844-800-5757. AM 1170, The Answer, has lined up some of San Diego's finest private schools just for you. Call AM 1170, The Answer, and get the 2018-19 school year, preschool through high school, for half price. This is such a blessing that'll save your family a lot of money. So what are you waiting for? See the complete list of schools at am1170theanswer.com or tap the AM 1170 mobile app. Pick your school, then call us at 844-800-5757 to lock in your child or grandchild's enrollment for half price. Give your student the solid foundation they can only get from a quality private school. Call now and give them that education for half price. Don't wait. These schools are going fast. Call now. 844-800-5757. 844-800-5757. 2018-19 school year for half price. 844-800-5757. AM 1170. The answer. San Diego. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Lots of great comments out there on uh, Facebook Live. Um, Eric says the libtards want Trump to be a one-term president. He knows that, and that explains why so much has been done in, in his short time period. True. and I, I But I, I, I think people need to get really, really loud with Trump. He always responds 
to uh, the voter base. And people need to let him know. I think J.D. is right that he needs to be warned that he's going to go by the way of 41 if, you know, he signs something, if he caves on his promises and puts forth a bill that abandons uh, his promises. Um Okay, somebody, I, I got to put it out there. What was that song I was just singing? Somebody's got to go. Do 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 do. What was that song from the sixties, right? Who knows? And the colored girls go do 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 do. DJ Carrot Sticks, can you find that song for me? All right, so the singer was Lou Reed. Lou Reed, that's right. He passed away. All right, now, um, stock market. Does he know everything? DJ Carrot Sticks knows all, baby. DJ Carrot Sticks is the man. Okay, now. A lot of things contributed to the stock market going down, uh, closing, uh, I think, at 700 points loss. Big impact of that, of course, was the tariffs today because nobody knows. Everybody talks about it. The markets don't like they, – they don't like uncertainty. There's a little uncertainty right now because we don't know how China is going to respond. But the last time that there – when uh, President Trump came out with the aluminum tariffs back in February, rough four or five days, and then it rebounded. So I think once some certainty comes back into play, I think things are going to be okay. I think that was also because of Facebook and everything that's going on with Facebook. I think that contributed to it. So I don't think it was just about the tariffs today. So I don't want anybody panicking out there. I mean, it was like a 3% loss or something, which we've seen much worse. But it got me wondering if when you're doing strategy with your clients, tax strategy, is that affected by the markets or or is that not a factor when you're doing strategy? Well. The markets are not an income tax strategy issue. They're just not. Okay. So you can't predict the market. Mm-hmm. And uh, most most advisors are not wealth planners Okay. of this type, All income right. tax advisors. Okay. Most of them are not wealth planners. And if they are, good luck because the market goes up, the market goes every which way. And uh, most people, um, you know, Take Warren Buffett, buy index funds. Okay. All right. There, you heard it here. A little advice. No, no, I'm not advising that. I'm just saying it doesn't affect income tax strategy. Okay. And it really doesn't affect um, cash flow strategy or anything like that. Okay. So it's it's investment strategy, big time. Retirement strategy, big time. Right. Things of that sort. Okay. All right. Um, what did you, one of the things I haven't talked about, did you hear about this car, the driverless car, the Uber car that ended up running over a woman? I did. Yeah. Well, here's a little bit of an update. I don't know what your thoughts are about it. To me, I don't like the idea of it. Um, because I think it's about, I think it's about a liberal push to try to control us by, you know, wanting to, uh, control transportation. I see that as a, at a as a long-term strategy here. And, and that's one of the reasons why the left is pushing it. But I will tell you that the reports are is that it would not have mattered whether or not there was a driver behind the wheel. And, um, because this woman stepped out in front of the car and there was no reactionary time, no human factor that would have stopped this woman from being hit and i got to thinking about i don't know if you guys have experienced this but it seems as though and and i've recently been talking a lot more about culture but i'm curious if you guys out there have experienced the same thing i have it has gotten to where people pedestrians now unlike i i I wasn't even like this five years ago people are just like walking out in front of cars it's like when i go to vons now the grocery store i mean it's constant now they're on their phones well, well, not even just that, though. There's almost this like this sense of entitlement now that I never saw before. It's like I got the right of way, so I'm just going to walk wherever I want and trust that I'm not going to get hit. Or even downtown. Yeah. But the- so I, on, on the way here, downtown, there's people just meandering. Yeah, they just meander. 
corner. Right on Fifth Street. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of is is that's how it, the mentality is in Tijuana. The pedestrians just go. Yeah. And they go and they and they go diagonal. They cross the streets diagonally there. Well, that could be because somebody held their head back and forced them to shoot tequila. Because that's what <laughs> happened. That's what seems to happen to me all the time when I'm down there on Avenida La Revolución. It's a different culture. It's a, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't have revealed. I think we're adapting their pedestrian style. Yeah, we are. But yeah, I, we are. I mean, and it's it's. I'm seeing it's different now. I never saw that before. And you know what? You know, it's 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 frustrating to me because I don't want to hit anybody. But it's like, don't be walking out in front of my car. Um, I don't know how much time we have left on the show. But speaking of Facebook earlier, we've got a few minutes left. A uh, couple of things. First of all, speaking of, of of walking in New York, I guess now they're going to try to criminalize if you're walking and smoking a cigarette. It's like any way that the, any way the left is constantly let this be a lesson to you. The left is constantly looking for a way that they can try to give you a ticket and get money out of you. What but if, if you were in an astronaut helmet. Oh, good point. Tax and spend, baby. Tax and spend. But you know what? If it gets one cigarette smoker off the streets, I'm off for that because <laughs> I'm, I'm allergic to cigarette <laughs> smoke. But YouTube... YouTube has been banning, YouTube has decided, they issued a policy, they're going to ban how-to firearm videos, and on top of it, they suspended a major gun manufacturer. Their policy says that they don't allow anything that contributes or promotes any act of violence. Um, meanwhile, you can just Google and watch uh, pro-ISIS videos all day long on YouTube, and they've even this is even uh, to the point where now you're not even going to be able to see a video that shows you how to properly clean a firearm. This is this is where we're at. Did I also mention that in one state, I think it was, that now they are banning anybody. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. They're going to ban anybody who has a medical marijuana card from being able to buy a gun. So congrats. You get to smoke and all how, the pipe. How did you get that connection? In what state? Um, maybe we can Google it real quick. Um, DJ Carrot Sticks and Google it for it. Uh, I'm, it's probably in Colorado or somewhere. I don't know. Wherever they've, you know, they're massively smoking. It's got to be a liberal state. Wow. So you would ask me that when I've got like a minute left on the show <laughs> and no time to do the research. I'm, I'm always curious. Uh, Donna says people are walking into the street trying to get a settlement. That could be really a good idea. Although you're taking your life into your hands, it's easier to throw a banana peel down on the floor in the grocery store than to step out in front of a moving car for a settlement. Um, anyway. Um, it says here that if you have a medical marijuana card, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeal says that you can't buy a gun. The court ruled three to zero on Wednesday that a ban preventing mer- medical marijuana card holders from purchasing firearms is not in violation of the Second Amendment. I wonder if that, that we're is the Ninth reviewable. Circuit. That, that's, that's the- three to zero. That's not the full court. Well, you're right. That's not the full court. That's going to have to go to SCOTUS. That's the Ninth Circuit. Is is those those crazies out here? On the western part of the country. Wow, it's the I'm most telling you, overridden circuit in the United States. Well, be, be, you know what? Make what this should do. It's going to end up going to SCOTUS, no doubt. But it is anybody who anybody on the left who tells you that their goal is not to take our guns away from us, that their goal is no, not it's to fundamental. It, 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 it's fundamental. absolutely fundamental. Don't let anybody lie to you. They are looking for any way possible that they can get our guns from us, whether it's through smoking pot or whether it's from taking our ammunition. And it's death by a thousand cuts. That's their ultimate goal. And all that's going to end up doing is like it's done in Mexico and any other or like in, in London, where I recently reported they've got an increase of 42 percent increase in gun related crimes in a place where guns are banned. Yeah. What final thoughts. Go. 
Correcto. Correcto. You heard it here from the OG speaking a little Espanol on the Andrew Key Show. Thanks for being here, everybody. Have a great night. I'm going to be right back here tomorrow. It'll be TGIF Friday Fun Day. Thanks to you all. The Andrea K Show is sponsored by Andrea K.